1: warriors related podcast in the off season when nothing else is happening uh you got the gold king myself daniel hardy fresh out of vegas and we also have another guy fresh out of vegas uh vegas dr tom
0: thomas bevilacqua how you doing bro i'm all right getting used to being away from the desert you know acclimating to that moisture and whatnot but ooh, sorry i shouldn't say moisture people hate that word and also
1: uh bringing back from vegas summer league we've got the dream shakes writer cody davis cody how you doing i'm doing good man i'm glad to be
2: on today thanks for having me
1: absolutely uh dr tom and i met up with cody in uh, Vegas, uh, chopping up about summer league, and this was the first time we had seen a Houston Rockets fan in person since the debacle that happened uh, after <laughs> Kevin Durant's injury. And so we were a bit, you know, nervous about talking to him because we didn't know if he was going to have like wild mood swings or be pretty crazy. And Cody was really chill, you know. So we we had to get Cody on and re- represent for uh, Clutch City, Clutch Nation. Um, so uh, first things first, uh, there was a trade. There was a trade that the Houston Rockets made. And um, if you guys go to the Dream Shake right now, Cody actually has an article up about that. Um, I believe it's called uh, Chris Paul's Future After the Rockets is is Murky. So, Cody, you're an insider on the subject. Could you please educate Dub Nation on exactly what the heck is happening in Houston right now?
2: (laughs) To be honest, man, we still trying to wrap our minds around what just went on. (laughs) You know, I mean, we was in a situation where it looks like we was in no man's land. It's like I tell you guys in Vegas at, at the time, we really didn't know what to expect because we had a 34-year-old point guard who we was going to be paying $125 million for the next three Ooh. seasons. And not only that, there was rumors and speculations going on that that guy and our MVP leader, who, who was, of course, is James Harden, were not seeing eye to eye. Are they seeing so eye to hamstring? After, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Probably was out of hamstring. I think that's what it was, out of hamstring, because we all know possibly if it wasn't for the hamstring, we might have won, even though I think differently. But at the end of the day, we don't want to talk about that. But honestly, at the end of the day, like I say, man, we we still trying to wrap our heads around, you know, what just went happening. And as for the Chris Paul aspect, you know, um, a lot of people on the Dream Shake was covering the Russell Westbrook side of things. I took it upon myself to cover the Chris Paul side of things because right now, at thirty-four years old, the future for Chris Paul does not look good. I mean, I'm pretty sure you guys know Adrian Wojnarowski broke the news today that there's a high possibility he might be starting the season off with the Oklahoma City Thunder, which means he might waste what could be his last good year in the NBA. Playing for a lottery team, which it which is sad, you know. I'm not trying to be funny. It's just sad, you know. So there was talks that Miami might have wanted him, and you know, it's it's because of the big contracts, because of the injuries, because of his age. Even though I feel like it's kind of messed up from a standpoint, it doesn't look too too good for Chris Paul.
1: Now, um, when you had Chris Paul, um, you had him for two years, I believe two years. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you uh,
2: reflect on the Chris Paul as a Rocket experience? That's a good question. I mean, right off the bat, the first year was good. As we all know, franchise record sixty five wins. Um, you know, he helped James Harden take another step, which, of course, helped him helped him to win MVP. We came one game short of making the NBA Finals, you know, because we lost to you guys. I mean, I mean, you know, it took an all time great team to keep us from winning a championship in Chris Paul. So the first year, it was good. The second year, it wasn't that good because we was looking at a guy, if he can give us what he gave us the following year, which his first year in Houston, you know, he's... He's he was still Chris Paul. He averaged about eighteen points, um, about eight eight assists per game. Um, He still had about two steals. He 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 was still Chris Paul, but the last year, this past season, it was like you are no longer CP3. You're just Chris at this point. (laughs) everybody hates Chris. Everybody knew. It was a red sign when we was playing against the Miami Heat. I would never forget this. We was playing against the Miami Heat, I believe it was in December. It was right before James Harden went on that crazy run. Chris Paul was coming up court in the second quarter, and all he did was put the ball behind his back and pulled his hamstring. Ooh. And from that moment on, everyone knew this is this this isn't gonna end well. You know, and just the second, which is the last year of Chris Paul time in Houston. It was just weird because it was like we wanted him to be CP3. Houston needed him to be CP3, but age, injuries, knowing that we was going to still have to pay him $125 million over the next three years, it, it it was just a bad taste, but overall, I would like to say, you know, if you if you take those out the way, it it was an okay. I'm, era. Yeah, I'm kind of curious about that, especially that second
0: year, because obviously the first year the there there was this chemistry that led to them getting the number one seed uh, in the Western Conference. Obviously, they came up a little short against the best team in professional basketball. Sorry, uh, but uh, I, that second year, when especially after uh, Paul signed that big contract to come back to Houston, I'm I'm just curious, yeah, kind of what that. I don't know if relationship is the right word, but what was it like uh, watching Chris Paul, somebody who's been in the league for a long time, who? As I have made numerous jokes about uh, his body was starting to fail him, uh, but uh, somebody who's m- maybe on the quasi downside of their career. Uh, but what was that? Uh, what was that like watching the Chris Paul experience as someone who wanted to see the Rockets do
2: well and the Rockets succeed? The second, like I said, it, it, it was tough because, in all honestly, it's not like Chris Paul was. You know, not giving it his all. You know, we can tell every single game the guy really did give it his all. But it just wasn't the same. You know, of course, it was the injuries, his body, his age and not being able to like I've honestly I've watched Chris Paul whole entire career. And this is the first time that I saw Chris Paul. We all know how dangerous Chris Paul was when there was a switch and there's a big guy on him. And he's able to blow by them and get to the basket. We didn't see that Chris Paul this this past season. You know, um the Chris Paul who can not only blow by a big man and stop on the Dom Dom and shoot a fifteen foot jumper and it's and it's nothing but net. We didn't see that Chris Paul. You know, he was he was slower. He wasn't as quick. Yeah, you know, I mean his IQ was still there, but I mean your IQ can only take you so take you so far when you can't blow by your guy and especially this past year after James Harden went on a historic run when Chris Paul finally got healthy it was kind of tough to see like we can st- we we sort of kind of knew there was some kind of friction because James Harden will have the ball in his hand, dribbling what twenty of the twenty-four seconds of the of the shot clock off, and then there's Chris <laughs> Paul standing there, and Chris Paul, you know, is trying to, you know, direct some kind of traffic, and it 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 just wasn't the same. Like I said, the first year, I honestly, I, I believe the first year hurt the Rockets more than it helped because when Chris yeah. Paul first got here, we was like, okay, we all know that. We're not going to be better than the Warriors, but we can arguably be the second or the third best team in the NBA. But the Rockets, just that regular season alone, I mean, you go from a team who actually won, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was 55 games the year before. You added Chris Paul. You went from 55 to 65. You know, you are the biggest threat to the Warriors. You know, and like I say, the – even though I feel like the Rockets might have still would have found a way to lose, you know, there's, that's there's, there's still a big, what if factor called did not get hurt. And that first year kind of set us up for failure. Cause it's like, okay, Chris Paul, you're back. You're healthy. You know, you're going to give us the guy that you gave us last year. And it just didn't work well. And then when you look at the contract situation it's it's because of Chris Paul' contract is the reason why we lost Trevor Ariza because Chris Paul took so much. I we all felt like, especially myself, if he would have took just a little bit less, and we was able to resign Trevor Ariza, I felt like the Rockets would have been even better this year because I because other than the lack of production we got from CP three, I truly believe that not having a three and D guy like Trevor Ariza who was the perfect fit for this team, who was the perfect fit to play alongside James Harden, because we did not have him really mess things up for the Rockets. And then, you know, after we signed signed Chris Paul, you take a look at the players that we tried to bring in, Michael Carter Williams, James Ennis, even Carmelo Anthony, to a certain extent. It was like we kept trying to fill that void of not having Trevor Ariza, so... You don't have Trevor Ariza because Chris Paul took this massive contract. And not only did he take this massive contract, but it's from game one, when we lost by like 20 against the Pelicans, he's not the same guy that he was a year ago. Right. Well, that's actually a
1: fascinating thing you said when you said that, even though Chris Paul's body wasn't where it was um, you know, before the year before, his IQ was still there. So he could at least direct traffic in a lot of ways with his savvy, his ball handling and his veteran leadership. Um, even if his body couldn't quite get there. Because the fact of the matter is, the Warriors were tied 2-2, mm-hmm. you know. So they'll let you know that um, the Rockets were right there in terms of being competitive yet again this year, even with a diminished Chris Paul. Now, <clears throat> we saw that uh, in that game six in Houston, you know, there was nothing that the Rockets could do just because the Warriors went splash bros, And, you know, when when they're hitting all their threes, it, it's hard to stop them. But you, you're you going to re- rebuild you're going to have a whole new squad um, in terms of getting rid of Chris Paul and bringing in a MVP. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. He's, he's not known for his IQ. Yeah, yeah you got a point. <laughs> he's not known for his IQ. Right.
2: right.
1: But he can blow by somebody. He can make a move, get to the rim, post right somebody. So his physicals, you know, we know his, his athleticism is off the charts. So when you're taking the Chris Paul, a guy who has the IQ and maybe his body is breaking down, and you bring in Russ, who has the body, may not have the IQ, how do you look at the trade-off? Uh,
2: the, the fan in me who likes Russell Westbrook, who loves watching him play, I love it. I love it. Uh. Like I said, a fan in me who loves watching Westbrook play. But the analyst inside me, who likes to break down film, who likes to break down a fit, who likes to break down just the Rockets in general, especially knowing we have not only a coach but a GM who's all about analytics. Um, You you know it. The last three years, we was live by the three, die by the three. It's scary. It's, it's truly a scary move, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I say that because, I mean, we all know Russell Westbrook. I mean, once again, he's fun to watch. He's a phenomenal player to watch. But when you take a look at Houston's fit, when you take a look at the three point percentages that we shoot, I mean, we went from, we went from having a guy who throughout his career has been a decent three point shooter to a guy. I believe I saw, I saw a stat on ESPN. They say in the last two years, for a player who has shot over 300 three-pointer three attempts, he has the worst percentage in NBA history. That's Yikes. scary.
0: Yikes. That
2: is pretty scary.
0: And yet not surprising. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that's pretty scary. So, okay, you're you're bringing in a guy who can't shoot threes into a system where all you do is shoot threes. Can Mike D'Antoni
2: maximize Russell Westbrook? If he does, like, honestly, this whole Westbrook experience in Houston, it all comes down to Dan Tony, James Harden, and Westbrook himself. How ironic that is. Because you're talking about three guys at the end of the day. It looks like they might be the most three stubborn guys in the NBA today. You got a coach who, ever since, what, 2004, you got a guy who's Fun to watch in the regular season. You got a guy who can get you 50 to 60 wins in a regular season, but yet he hasn't figured out that you have to change up your game in the playoffs. That's the, that's the reason why he couldn't beat San Antonio. That's the reason why he couldn't beat um the Lakers with Kobe Bryant. That's the reason why he did not beat Golden State with, with KD in them. Like, in the playoffs, he has to change his game. The same thing can be said for James Harden. Yes, it's fun, at least in Houston, watching him score 40 to 50, 60-point triple-doubles. It's fun watching that. But at some point, you have to change your game. Why? Because in the playoffs, one, you look tired. Two, everyone knows, okay, if we lock in on James Harden, we can easily just, just beat him at his own game. And then you got Russell Westbrook. We all know. It's like ever since Kevin Durant, he's been on this revenge tour. And it seems like he hasn't figured out, figured out in his head, it's not about me. It's about the team. Because I truly believe if he didn't take that one-on-one matchup last year with the Trailblazers, I truly believe the Thunders would have won. If he would have said, okay, this is the team game plan. Let's go out and win. Instead of saying, I'm about to show the world I'm better than Dame Dollar. <laughs> that would have ended up completely different. So it's like you got three guys who, like I say, they are like the three hard-headed guys in the NBA today. I've never seen a guy like – like you You take your team, for example, the Warriors. Look at what the narrative was before Kevin Durant got there. We all know going into that 2016, 2017 season, everybody kept wondering, well, how is Steph gonna do this? Well how Clay is gonna do this, how Draymond is gonna do this, even to a certain certain degree, how is KD gonna do this? They were smart enough to realize, okay, we all have to change our games, we all have to integrate and see how we're gonna make this fit. And you guys damn near became the best team of all times.
0: I was gonna say, uh, and I, we talked about this on a podcast uh, that we did back at Summer League. I think that twenty, the twenty seventeen playoffs, where you had Durant after that MCL injury coming back, like that, and playing with the team, that was the realization of everything that team could be. So you sort of saw what all of that was enacted, but.
1: Well, I think um, what's fascinating about that, I was watching uh, the Gilbert Arenas podcast from earlier this year with KD. And, you know, it's it's funny watching that now, knowing that KD was going to leave, but watching what he said then, everything, (laughs) every single thing he said is a clue, you know what I mean? Like, wait, he he loves going to New York? Oh my God, how did I not see the signs? You know, it's crazy. But but when you look at um, uh, what Gilbert was saying, Gilbert was like, wow, you guys have like, five or six future hall of famers. And like, like, you know, if we, if we say five, that's five players 30 and under who are in their primes playing together. When you have a team where, you know, if you have a garbage squad and you're the best player, your mentality shifts. You're like, I got to get my 30, my 35, but we have no chance to win. So you put on that, like that that mentality of I'm the best player. I'm going to shoot the ball as many times as I want. The team needs it. And so it's, it's fun to watch basketball in certain ways that way but it's not really a championship um, winning style there because you need multiple pieces. So when you take guys who are capable of putting a team on their back and shooting, you know, 35 times and, you know, winning a scoring title and you're saying, okay, I'm going to shoot 15 times. Maybe I'll shoot 10 times, but I'll get my assists up. I'll get my rebounds up. I'll set screens. And you're like, Oh my goodness, you're turning superstars into role players at times because they're able to be so fluid. And that was the beauty of the Golden State Warriors system. We had superstars, MVP candidates, and MVP winners also playing the role of, like, a Shane Battier or a Udonis Haslam and setting hard screens, backdoor stuff like that. So it was like, how do you stop them? But when you look at the Rockets, it was like, oh, we know exactly who's going to shoot the ball every time, James Harden or Chris, and if somebody's open, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll hit it or offensive rebound. With Westbrook now, though, it's weird because you've got two guys with the same mentality of, I got to get mine or we can't win. And it's like, whose team is it?
2: Honestly, look at it. It's hard to say who team is it. I mean, if you go by default, I guess you will have to say it's still James Harden team because, I mean, he's not the one that didn't get traded. <laughs> you know, I mean, Westbrook came to him. And honestly, I believe in order to make this work on the court between James Harden and Russell Westbrook, both of those guys are going to have to take that. Miami Heat big three approach when Dwayne Wade and LeBron James got together because you're looking at two of arguably what at the time there was what top three in the league, especially D-Wade. You take a look at when when D-Wade got when they first got together, D-Wade knew that he has to take some kind of step back in order to make this work with LeBron. And same thing with Bron. I mean, Bron knew he was coming to D-Way's team. Both of those guys, they 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 took a step back, but D-Way had to be the bigger person to take even more of a step back. Because you're talking about a guy before Bron got there. I mean, you're talking about a guy who was averaging 30 points per game. And he went from averaging right. 30 points to, like, by the time, what was that? Last year, he dropped down to what, like 20, 23 points? It was all for the good of the team. Right. I do believe James Harden and Russell Westbrook, they need to figure out, forget the whole who team is. I mean, it could be both of their teams for all I care. I mean, once again, looking at you guys, the Golden State Warriors, it wasn't who. It wasn't, oh, this is Steph team, a KD team. You know, it was just like it's their team. Wait wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's because we had an
1: offensive system and a coaching staff in place that preached that. You guys are like whoever is dribbling the ball can do whatever they want. Also,
0: Warriors Twitter told me it was Steph's team, but. I mean, the guy with more (laughs) rings usually wins out, but uh, what I'm saying is. (laughs) Uh, What what about more finals MVPs?
1: I mean, what, didn't uh, Cornbread? Cornbread, Cornbread from Boston got a Files VP, Chelsea Bills got a Files VP, you know, whatever. But
0: Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th
1: They're probably at their best when Russell Westbrook has the ball in his hands because if James Harden has the ball in his hands and you have Russell Westbrook off ball, we know he's not cutting back doors to the basket. He's going to be standing Mm. and watching, and he can't shoot. So then it's like, okay, let's put the ball in Russell Westbrook's hands. Even though James Harden is a superior decision maker, it's like Russell Westbrook's shooting creates a vacuum in, um, I guess, guess a pure team fit. So now James Harden has to go off ball. And if he's off ball, that means Russell Westbrook is controlling the decisions. And if he's controlling the decisions, I don't I mean, the the rocket system is shoot the ball whenever you want to. Like, oh, my God.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad you say that. You know, I was actually thinking about that. You know, it, it would be best if Russell Westbrook can shoot less and be more of a distributor in Houston. And James Harden has to get off the ball because I was looking at his stats now. This is like the smallest sample size you will ever see. But James Harden is more of an efficient scorer when he's off the ball. When you look at his catch-and-shoot numbers, the man is shooting 41% from beyond the arc off catch-and-shoots. Oh, Compared to when he has the ball in his hand, he's only shooting 34%, 35%. So that lets you know his efficiency is going to go up from there. Now, like I said, it's a small sample size because according to NBA.com, it was only like – three. 3.9 percent throughout the whole 2018-19 season <laughs> but at the end of the day that's it's, it shows some signs of Harden can be even better like just the thought of that Harden can be even better offensively if he does not have the ball in his hand so much and once again you 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 hit the nail in the coffin the Rockets have a basically shoot whenever you want offense why in the world would you want to put Russell Westbrook in a situation where he's the one coming off a catch and shoot for three point attempts. Like, no, 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 no. That's what we're not about to do here in Houston. So Russell Westbrook, he needs to get score first. He needs to switch his mentality of scoring first and get get his mind into the set of I have to be more of a playmaker and not the playmaker like he was doing at OKC when we literally saw him forcing to pass the ball in order for him in order for him to get his ten plus assists, but actually being a playmaker and actually working the offense and for James Harden. It's time for him to get off the ball. It's time for him to come off screens. It's time for him to catch. It's just time for a change. And especially for Mike D'Antoni, he has to encourage a guy like Westbrook, who's still going to score. He has to encourage Westbrook, Okay, I want you to be our mid-range jump shooter or our person who can just attack the basket. Because that's basically taboo here in Houston (laughs) ever since Mike D'Antoni got here. And that's what it's like. Those three guys, if they can change their mindset, I do believe that this can be a pretty good team right here in Houston. But once again, it's all about their mindset. And as I'm talking right now, both all three of those guys probably like, no, we're not going to change. nothing. we to just keep doing what we do best.
1: (laughs) Now, seeing as though we we clearly have a great, uh, as Phil Jackson would say, triangle of basketball minds here. Um, Just real quick for our listeners. Can we give them, what we believe would be our updated playoff teams in the West in sequential order. Now, I know we have, you know, a lot more trades to go. This isn't final, but as we stand, if it's crazy offseason, Dr. Tom, if you could start off and we'll we'll name a team and just keep passing it around until we get all eight teams in there. Dr. Tom, who do you have right now as the number one seed in the West next year?
0: Uh, I'm a homer. Let's go with the Warriors. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I like
1: it. Getting Clay back late, you know, getting that- Yeah,
0: they're going to make a charge in the second half that Steph, uh, D'Lo, uh Clay on the uh, rehabilitated uh ACL. Got to get a, to get a watch out for that. So, you know what? I think they'll make a charge, get that number one seed yet again.
1: Well, you know, I think most teams are going to beat each other up because there's so many good teams now that the Warriors have a pretty good chance of sneaking the number one seed. And considering the fact that a lot of the good teams are veteran teams, which means they won't be trying that hard during the regular season, but have the Warriors a chance to do so. Now, if we have the Warriors as number one number one seed because we are a Warriors podcast, uh, Cody, who do you have coming at number two?
2: My, my, my team, the Houston Rockets. You you got to. I like it. I I respect it. I like it.
1: Uh, We we have the entire city of Los Angeles pissed at us right now, but that's okay.
2: That's fine. No,
1: Um, no, we don't. No, we don't,
0: because
2: they're all stuck in traffic. They don't know. (laughs) And and not only are they stuck in traffic, every single game you're gonna see LeBron James, low management, Kawhi Leonard, low management, Anthony Davis, low management, Paul George, low management. So they they're not even gonna be playing the regular season
1: that's a good point that's a good point and in fact that's why i well you know on pure talent alone i gotta pencil the clippers in there for like what i believe will be around 55 or so wins just because if they load manage Kawhi and or paul george then you just give the ball to lou williams and we saw what that man could do okay so <laughs> i gotta win a few games on his own so i got the clippers number three
0: uh dr tom back to you who you got for four Well, at some point, we have to pick a team uh, from the Northwest Division. And I am going to go with uh, the team that features probably the uh, worst, best, or the best player with the worst offense. His name is Rudy Gobert. That team is the Utah Jazz. (laughs) Uh, I like them at number four. I like. Uh, I, I do like that they went out and got Mike Conley. I think him plus uh, Donovan Mitchell plus the aforementioned uh, offensively challenged Gobert plus uh, Joe Ingles. I think that team they're they're a. Sort of a frisky pick uh, there, so I sort of like them as this team from the Northwest Division that's maybe flying a little bit under the radar uh, as we focus on all those teams out on the uh, in the Pacific Division and also the Southwest with the Rockets uh, and and probably the Spurs as well. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I will go ahead and take the Utah Jazz at number four.
1: So you just going to piss off everybody in Denver. So <laughs> what you're going to do everybody in Denver is mad at you right now.
0: Yes, right? yes, I – yes, <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. Uh, yes. Okay, uh, back to you, Cody. Who
1: you got coming in for that number uh, – we're at five, right?
0: Yeah, five.
1: We're yeah, five.
2: five. There's no way in hell the NBA is going to let this man – and this team dropped the five. But because I have no other choice, the Los Angeles Lakers. The Los um, Angeles
0: Lakers. I, I, we, we, let, we let Cody come on this podcast and we make him have to say nice things about the Lakers.
2: <laughs> I No, that's not right. <laughs> you but you I, know, because think about it, guys. Like, I mean, they do have a talented team. But all playoff season, we've just been hearing how bad the ratings be been because of LeBron wasn't playing. If LeBron was playing, then the ratings would be there. I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theory person, so I do believe the NBA is going to cheat their way and make sure the Lakers have a top three seed <laughs> at least a spot in the Western <laughs> Conference Finals. But, I mean, just based off talent alone, yeah, they, they, they'll be there. Be there, yeah,
0: yeah, they do have two time champion Javel McGee, so and yeah, but geez, I, all that championship experience, you think that would get LeBron to at least a Western Conference finals? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, hope. you
2: know, it, it should, you know, yeah, um, okay, so you forgot right, Ray John Rondo, too, oh, <laughs> you know, Ray one of the best point guards in the league today. <laughs> We don't, we don't just look past the fact that he didn't sign for, what, six teams in the last seven years, you know. We, Wait, I mean, are we Rondo?
0: Are we not counting three-pointers? Is that like – because if we do, Rondo takes a little bit of a hit there.
1: Oh, well. Uh, I mean, but then you're, you're forgetting Rondo's leadership. You know,
0: you <laughs> oh, Yeah, his leadership. Yeah, his ability to spit on Chris Paul. I mean, I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs>
1: Okay, um, so now now it gets tricky. It gets real tricky here because I think we're at number six, right? Yeah. Okay, so we haven't mentioned Denver, which they were the number two seed last year and made the second round of the playoffs. We haven't mentioned the Portland Trailblazers who made the Western Conference Finals. Ah, you know, um, there's just no way that Portland – no, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Denver has, has a little more upside, I think. I'm going to put Denver at the number six.
2: Ooh.
0: Get, get any, Anything more to add beyond that? Well, I mean, I just can't
1: imagine a team that made the number two seed with a budding um, superstar in uh, the Joker, Jokic. And uh, you've got, you know, Jamal um, Murray and who's his twin on the team? Gary something? What's his name?
0: Harris. Gary yeah, Harris. I, I
1: can't tell them apart. They're basically the same person to me because both of them can't make a shot when the game's on the line. Anyway, um, <laughs> I feel like Denver had they're, they're young. They can run. Of course, when you play in Denver, you get the added home court advantage um, with the altitude there. And I just, I just can't see them going from number two to out the playoffs. Uh, so I got them at number six. All
0: right. I can maybe respect that. Maybe. Well, just that a means bit.
1: number seven's on you, Duck Tom.
0: Yes. And uh, I, I know exactly who I'm going to go with. You might think, oh, that, that number three uh, seed last year, the team that made the Western Conference Finals to face off and that got swept against the Warriors, think I'd pick them. But no, I'm going with the San Antonio Spurs because Ooh. I have in Greg Popovich uh, the combination of DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, while it might not be flashy, it might be a somewhat uh, – you know not not fitting in with the way that the majority of uh, the NBA is playing now uh, you know I, I can see that but the fact of the matter is there's talent there and I I brought his name up before but I have I respect Greg Popovich so much that I look at that roster that's been assembled uh, even taking out you know the even if you get beyond LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan, uh, there are some pieces there that he can get the most out of. And if you don't think that Greg Popovich can get that roster uh, to the playoffs, I you, you must not have been watching basketball for the past, I don't know how many years because that guy is uh, short of short of uh, the blessed Steve Kerr who uh, uh, is commanding our squad. Uh, he uh, Popovich is the – the great basketball mind of our time, and I respect him uh, so much that I know that he's going to get his team to the to the playoffs yet again. So that's number seven, number seven, San Antonio Spurs.
1: But last year, the Spurs were missing two key components: young guys. Talking about uh, Dejounte Murray, and also the rookie they got, uh, Lonnie Walker the fourth, yeah, who destroyed
0: summer league. That man destroyed. Yeah. He's he's I mean, it is summer league, uh, which is the best basketball that anyone can ever watch, as we <laughs> all observe. But I do like Lonnie Walker. I do think he's an interesting uh piece and somebody who uh a, a Popovich, somebody who took a very, you know, a young Tony Parker and kind of helped him to become a Probable Hall of Famer, somebody who's a Finals MVP, uh, and so I am interested to see what he's going to do in terms of coaching up somebody like a uh, uh, Lonnie Walker in a, a full season where he can uh, play and be a part of this team, especially after what we all saw out there in uh, uh, in Las Vegas. So Absolutely. I. I, I'm kind of interested to see what the Spurs do this year. It wouldn't surprise me if they uh, really exceeded uh, everyone's expectations.
1: Is this the most athletic team the Spurs have had? Like under Popovich, I mean, you got Murray, who's an athletic freak, six five. Walker six five, freak. Demar Rosen, a freak. Rudy Gay, off an Achilles, still a freak though. And you have Demar Carroll, like dude, like. That is so much length and athleticism <laughs> on the position. And we're not going to bring up Patty Mills, Brian Forbes, Derek White, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. Like, dude, they have squad.
0: You said – you. I mean, like, I get the, oh, we like to make fun of LaMarcus Aldridge. Oh, JaVale McGee kind of owned him in the 2018 playoffs. But, like – you you said him. You brought him up well down the list of Spurs players, which well, – I was talking about something. athletes That's what I was talking about. <laughs> oh, okay. I, all, right, all right. All right. I see what you did there. But <laughs> – Yeah. Um,
1: okay. So that brings San Antonio to the seventh spot. And we, we spent quite a bit on San Antonio, which has to piss off the Texan from Houston. Um, Cody, who you got for number eight? Number
2: eight, of course. I got to go with the Portland Trailblazers Ooh.
1: Portland
2: Trailblazer. Plain and simple. I mean, you're talking about a team who made the Western Conference Finals last year, even though they did get swept. I feel, I kind of feel like they got swept because they're not used to playing that late. In the day. you know, they they season over. You know, at least by end of April. You know, they not used to that. That's the that's the main reason why they, they got swept. But and all no, honestly, man, you're talking about like literally one of the best backcourts in the NBA with CJ McCullough and Damian Lillard. Now you add Hassan Whiteside, who I do believe is going to be a really good fit with that team. In my eyes, I do believe Whiteside is still a pretty decent player. I just don't believe he had his head on straight in Miami. I mean, it is Miami. But at the end of the day, I mean he he's still one of the best centers in this league on the defensive side, that is. So he's gonna help them really, really good. I like the fact that they was able to keep Rodney Hood and and of course I be, I'm not sure when he comes back, but Uke is nervous. He's going to be really, really good for that for those guys to come back. And I also like the fact that they were able to add Kent Blazemore, who's going to help their perimeter defense as well.
1: That's true. That's a good point. Um, I'm just realizing that we basically took the entire Western Conference playoff teams from last year, except we're putting the Lakers in um, and taking the Thunder out. So that leads me to... A, a, but wait,
0: the Thunder have Chris Paul. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me that someone with that massive of a contract can't lead a team to the playoffs? No, I, I am shocked. I am shocked. I am standing here on one functioning hamstring, the other is blown out completely. Wow. wow.
1: Um, so then for the also Rams here, looking at teams like. Okay, so I'm just gonna say a team and just give me your initial reaction. It could be a sound, it could be a word, just however you feel about them. Um, Ooh, Minnesota I love the Wolves. Broadcast. Minnesota, Timberwolves.
2: Garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's so sad because they have a talented team, but every year they're just a big disappointment. Yes. Two Two words.
0: Putino Mobley. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay.
1: Um, so we're not all in on the Cat Wiggins experience. Okay. Uh, <laughs> now I'm going to give you uh, the Phoenix Suns. Not <laughs> the <laughs> Tom State Invest, just laugh. <laughs> okay. We're out on Phoenix. We're out on Phoenix. You, I thought a big trade recently? Giving all that money to Ricky Rubio? Oh, never mind. Never mind. I apologize. I apologize. Yeah, okay. exactly. Okay, uh, moving on to the list. The Sacramento Kings with Harrison Barnes, former <laughs> backup. <Ball of Columbia.
2: laughs>
1: oh, that, that
0: ball just dribbled off my foot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like the Kings are a good team. I, I think they're no, a good team.
2: I, I kind of feel like they'll be a good team, too. I say give it at least one more year. One okay. more year. Okay. Uh, then we have
0: the redesigned Memphis Grizzlies. They're another team that I feel sort of like the Kings are probably maybe even more than a year, but a couple years away. But I think they are on uh, the right track. A team with- yeah,
1: I, I I too. A, a team with Grayson Allen and Dwight Howard on the right track. Woo! All oh, right. They cut right. They cut Dwight. Never mind.
0: They cut right. Right. Hey, apparently that's Hall of Famer Dwight Howard. Oh, he is, he is, and they have wow. uh, Joakim Noah and Hall of Famer Andre Iguodala. That's right, that's right. Yeah, hero in the Bay Area. Okay, so um, they also have it, Valentine's his Day. his jur uh, jur. Uh, Pending Jersey retirement, Andre Iguodala. That's right. And he's reading
1: that with former warrior Justin Holiday. Memphis might do something big next year. Uh,
0: probably oh, wait, wait, why are we picking them to be number one in the playoffs? So be the <laughs> because one they're Dredd. Because they're <laughs> <of drag. laughs> Oh. Man. And then um, oh, sure. uh,
2: Dallas Mavericks. How do you feel about them? Um, Same as the Kings. Give it a year or two. Because, I mean, we don't know how Porzingis is going to come back. And even though – I'm pretty sure he's going to be back, what, before the beginning of this year, if I'm not mistaken. We all know for a player coming off, coming back into the uh, lineup after a bad injury, it always takes them a year to get there, to, to get back to the player that they once were. You dare put
1: that on clay Thompson. How dare you?
2: Well, no, well it's, I mean, it's Clay Thompson. Come on, man. <laughs> That's for it's Clay Thompson, the Warriors. I mean, y'all gonna be good regardless. <laughs> he's he's talking
0: about humans, not n- noted uh, basketball playing robot. That's famous. true, the Android. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, so like, I, I saved one team for the very end.
0: Oh, I I, I
1: noticed
2: very quickly oh. who
1: you were saving. <laughs> I saved the team to the very end because they have a guy who I believe is the Rookie of the Year, a guy Win- who who is so athletic, um, everyone everyone's eyes were on him during Summer League. I'm talking about the – Wait a rookie. minute.
2: No, no,
0: no. Wait, wait, wait. Are are you talking about Zion Williams? Williamson? Who is that? No, sir. I'm talking I, about I, actually I, Jackson Hayes, baby. Jackson Hayes.
1: If you weren't there to experience the Jackson Hayes experience live, let me tell you something right now. If he isn't in the game with nine MVPs, I'm going to be shocked.
0: You, you, you've said all there,
2: that there possibly can be, say, uh, be said. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I really do like the Pelicans. I like, well, the New Orleans Lakers. I like them really, really good. Um, <laughs> they 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 got a nice young side. I kind of feel like if, depending on what you get out of Zion, what you get out of Jackson Hayes, even Lonzo Ball, I kind of feel like they might be in play for the eighth seed. I don't see them making the playoffs, but I believe they're going to be in the, the race for eight.
1: Yeah. Okay, so if the Pelicans do sneak in, who drops out?
2: That's
1: a tough one. Hmm. Hmm.
0: You know, I'll I'll own it. Probably the Spurs. Uh, I no, see. No, no, no way. No, you okay. no, not the Spurs. Not the Spurs. No, 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 no,
2: no.
0: Your, the- your All uh, your uh, denials of this leads me to believe that, yes, they will be the team that drops out of the Pelicans can get hot and make
2: it. The team that I- I'm going with <laughs> is the Los Angeles Lakers. Why? Because okay. they're going to mess around and give up too many load management to LeBron and Anthony Davis. They're going to mishandle things, and then they're going to be on the outside looking in. <laughs> I can see that. I can see Rob Palenka and them doing that. <laughs> Because it's like they always have the right intentions, but they just go about it the wrong way. Every time. Every time. Um, and I yeah. did, I
0: did. since we're talking about the uh, Pelicans, another player going back to our uh, delightful experience out there in uh, Las Vegas Summer summer League, uh, Nikel Alexander-Walker uh, was somebody who, you know, I kind of went in curious about Jackson Hayes. He went to my beloved alma mater, the University of Texas. Welcome. Yeah. Hook them horns. Uh, But uh, I was uh, I didn't know as much about Alexander Walker. I did know he was, the, I believe, the cousin of Shea Gilgus Alexander. Uh, But beyond that, I didn't know what to expect from him. And in watching him play in quite a few games, uh, I was really kind of impressed with him. And he looked like somebody who, uh, when the season starts, can be a very, uh, you know, make some big contributions and when you look at that with uh Jackson you know coupled with Jackson Hayes and Zion Williamson and then all of those players uh, that they got from the Lakers in exchange for Anthony Davis I do think that you know if it, it, it is not so far fetched to say well maybe the Pelicans sneak into the playoffs this year there are a lot of good teams in the west with a lot of talent but if you look at the Players the Pelicans have it, and then looking at the way that uh, players like Hayes and Alexander Walker uh, played it during the uh, summer league, uh, you know it would it 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 would be let's see what's the way to put it uh, surprising but not shocking if they found a way to get into the playoffs.
1: Okay, so Pelicans versus a team that you know you know how the West is on the last day of the season you could be the two seed or the eight seed or out the playoffs. So the Pelicans. Last game of the season, if they win, they're in. And they're playing a team that if they lose, they're out. I just want you guys to say if the Pelicans win or lose. I'm going on the list. All right. They're playing the Warriors. Do the Pelicans win? Hell no. Okay.
0: Uh, no, no. Okay. Nuggets. Yes. Okay. okay. I, I will also say yes because I do not believe in Jokic. Oh,
1: my God. Dude, dude, like, people at Denver are going to not like this at
2: all. It's not, it's not the fact that I don't believe in 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 the Joker. I, I don't have too much faith in Jamal Murray. Mm. That's the guy that's questionable for me. Hmm. Yes. Okay. Um, that's respectable. I don't
0: have faith in any of them. But let's <laughs> <that's> continue. <his laughs> <opinion. laughs> uh, Pelicans
1: versus
2: Blazers. Do Pelicans No. Leo. Yeah. Dame Dollar will go for 50. He'll make sure that. Woo! That's (laughs) Alonzo Ball (laughs) on
1: him. Okay. Rockets. Do Pelicans win?
2: Oh, oh, hell no. Pelicans don't win that.
0: Look, if I'm going to say they're going to beat the uh, Pelicans and uh, Oakland's blessed child, Damian Lillard, I got to say they're going to beat the Rockets, too. I don't know about that. I think
2: Russell Westbrook might for sure have a triple-double on them. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you sure. better believe Russell Westbrook having a triple-double, James Harden having a triple-double. They're going to just say, screw everything. It's just going to be us versus the world.
1: There are going to be some nights when Russell and James Harden put up some ridiculous NBA two K stat line. I promise you.
2: Oh man, I know it is. I, can, I I have a feeling before one day next year we're going to see them both go for a, a forty point triple double together in a loss. And you know, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah in a loss, in a loss, in a loss. But you know what? In Houston, we're going to be like, yep. <laughs> at least we got those forty point triple doubles. <laughs> oh, uh-huh.
0: okay, no! You man. got the Astros. <laughs> don't don't forget about that. <laughs> I mean, they just a
2: disappointment as all the rest of the teams in Houston. Uh, oh no! What about the Texas? Oh, wow. Once again, like that's you know that's like I told you guys in Vegas, that's Houston for you. They will give you so much promise and hope, and at the end of the season, it's like, well, maybe next year. It's always just next year with us. We'll you gotta hang your you hat on
0: that 2017 World Series. Uh, you <laughs> best believe
2: we did. We got people that don't even <laughs> like baseball, was walking around with Houston Astros. Shirts. I, I do want to
1: <laughs> thank the Rockets you know, for making it so hard for the Warriors. I mean, w- when the Warriors beat them in 2017, uh, um, 2018. Sorry, tw- 2018. Wait, 2017 was the only year that w- we didn't beat them?
0: Yeah, yeah. We only lost one time, and you know we weren't losing to the Rockets that year.
1: That's a good point. I'm sorry. Uh, 2018, uh, when you, when you, Sir uh, Kevin Durant, say, this was the first time that I felt like I was really a part of the team because we had to suffer so much to beat the Rockets. That was huge praise for the Rockets. I, let me tell you something right now. Most <laughs> people in the it's Golden Rock were not afraid of the Houston Rockets at all going to that series. And then when Chris Paul started shimmying on Curry, we were like, wait a minute. This
0: doesn't feel right. What, what's happening, so, and hey, then hey, that you. shimmy started working its way down to the hamstring. Oh, yeah, that was a big mistake.
2: <laughs> was that the same game, by the way? I
1: believe it was. It was the same game. It was the same game because Chris Paul knew you know you know like in uh Street Fighter, when you're like you're one punch away from <laughs> dying like your life starts blinking red, Chris Paul he knew he only had that much life left. So he's like, Let me go ahead and do a shimmy real quick while I'm still walking. Him. So I, I appreciate his his effort there. And then for the next year to come back, when you guys came out with the the, the magic analytics report that said y'all should have won so many potential points and stuff like that. That, was the was so mad at that. that was the first time that people were confused. Like, wait a minute. Like they're using computers to say the Warriors are frauds. So like, dude, like when, when the, uh, the first game went down to the wire and you know, J- James Harden went, went for the flop and mm-hmm. I frankly, there was contact, but he flopped so hard. He's hard to call that for the win. And when he said we want a fair chance, dude, that was the first time Warriors fans were really mad at a team since Cleveland. You could, you got all those billionaires in the in the stands to actually cheer. You know how hard it is for Warriors fans to cheer for so many wins. The Rockets were the team that made us do it. Thank you so much.
0: We already moved to San San Francisco. Come on.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, those,
1: those 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 battles, man. Um, I mean, other than the Rockets, who else would? I mean, Kevin Durant's Thunder and, of course, the Cavaliers. But besides that, dude, like, you know, it was kind of smooth sailing relatively. So um, I'm going to pour some Henny out for the Rockets. Dude, don't
2: no, don't waste do. it. <laughs> no, no, please do. We we deserve it. We deserve
0: it. Uh, you, you, you do have P.J. Tucker, the, 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 probably the most beloved, not Warriors player by me at least. <laughs> uh, but he, he made life difficult. Uh, for the for the Warriors both these past two seasons, along with Eric Gordon. Yeah. So they did Eric know, those Gordon. were two It was funny, they were you know, and there there's no way this won't sound like uh, you know, kind of a backhanded Not even a backhanded compliment, but, uh, you know, it it, it was really when Eric Gordon or P.J. Tucker, when they were shooting or they were handling the ball during the the 2018 or 2019 playoffs, that was when it was like, oh, no, uh, something bad's going to happen. But when... Uh, a certain bearded fellow who I'm sure is getting uh, his uh, two-for-one dances comped right now at a local uh, uh, Houston establishment. Uh, When he handled it, it was like, oh, Oh my
2: gosh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, you know, it it was this interesting balance because there were these players who was like, oh, yeah, do your thing. I don't care. But then, like I said, Eric Gordon, it was like every time he shot it, I was like, oh, no, there's – this is going in, uh, or PJ Tucker. Like, okay, this guy's gonna snare the offensive rebound and put it back up again. Uh, so they had, they did have this balance that really, like you, uh, you know, like you said, kind of made us, made us, made us sweat and made us have to worry and made us work for it. Hey, Cody. Um,
1: on that same note, could you please tell us, um, and the rest of Golden State of and my end Up nation, when you're watching those series in order. Who were the scariest three weapons on the Warriors to you, Rockets fan?
2: What do you mean
1: the scariest three? The whole team was scary. No, no, no. I'm talking about who did you not want to have the ball the, the least?
0: The whole you team. want you to not, you no, you to not say Kevin Durant. That's
1: no, what I, asking. Right. I want to know if Andre Iguodala cracked your top three.
2: Once again, the whole team. I don't think you understand the whole team. I don't care if it was KD the Steph or was it or Kavon Looney and just the whole team. Wow. But honestly, the one guy that struck the most fear to me, because honestly, at the end of the day, it really is the whole team out here in Houston. But the one guy that struck the most fear in me was Clay Thompson. Hmm. I don't know what it is about Klay Thompson in Game 6 and Game 7. Oh, you know what
1: it is about Game 6.
2: Domination. But this sure man would just turn into the clutches player in <laughs> NBA history. it That that was scary. It, when we when went up three games to two on you guys, I knew we wasn't going to win because I'm like, now nah y'all have woke up Klay Thompson. <laughs> and what did Clay Thompson do in Game 6? Didn't he have like 35, 40 points?
1: He had 35, 27 in the first half
2: exactly that's right. okay you, you just it's just certain oh my god like I knew right off the bat even if even if Chris Paul was was healthy I was like there's no way we're gonna beat Klay Thompson in the game six not the Warriors Klay Thompson in the game six
1: dude in, in, in the game six this year with Steph Curry couldn't buy a layup Klay Thompson was the only person hitting buckets. I was like, yo, like Steph Curry has zero points at halftime, and we're down down four. Thank you, Klay Thompson.
2: Every time, going back to 2016, when y'all was down three games to one against the Thunder, I watched Klay Thompson turn into another man. (laughs) Even in in that same year when you guys lost against Cleveland, even though I do believe that was an inside job, Thank Oh, Clay wow. Thompson was still balling then. Then you had twenty eighteen against the Rockets. Clay Thompson ball, and look what he did this year in Game Six in the NBA Finals. If it wasn't for a bad injury, I do believe he would have led y'all to a three P, and he would have been Finals MVP. Man, wow! But you know what? Clay oh. Thompson has put the most fear
1: in me. Cody, you just brought a tear to my eye, Cody. That was so nice. Thank you.
2: That's because out of you, know, Kevin Durant's one of the greatest scores of all time. Steph Curry, he's just about top five point guards of all time. But Clay oh, hold on. Thompson, you oh said top five.
1: Can you name four point guards better Steph Curry? That's just to me respectful. Steph, it wasn't respectful to Steph.
2: No, I'm talking about I'll play with you, I'll play with you, I'll play Oh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. um, Well, um, Golden State of Mind, uh, we have had such a great time tonight. Um, Dr. Tom slandering Houston, um, as always. Uh, But Cody Cody giving us the real inside look uh, from the Dream Shake. Um, about what it's like uh, being a Rockets fan. There's a lot of pride there, but also a lot of self-awareness there, knowing that if you build a team around Chris Paul with one hamstring, there are question marks. And then when you trade that one hamstring for a man who, like the, uh, I believe it was the, uh, which one? The, which one of the Wizard of Oz characters needed the brain?
0: A scarecrow. Scarecrow.
1: scarecrow. A really athletic scarecrow. um, (laughs) Who who can't shoot at all. Um, But now you guys get to understand firsthand experience what it's like to root for a team that has so much talent but so many question marks, as the Warriors have the next year as well for the first time in a long time. I'll be watching both teams very closely. I'm sure Dr. Tom and Cody will be. And Cody, please believe the next time we have a Warriors Rockets preview, we will be having you back on the air. I promise you that.
2: Oh, thanks, man. I I love to come back.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Um, All right. We're going to wrap this up. Uh, Fellas, do you have
0: any parting thoughts that you want to share to the world? No, I'm just, I'm just, you know, ready to maybe enjoy a little bit of an off season or, you know, a little bit of a rest after all these uh, crazy moves and crazy goings on. But uh, still excited for uh, the basketball that's waiting for us uh, to start in the fall. Absolutely, and uh, Cody, any, any words for the the fans?
2: Um, to all my Rockets fans out there, please don't hate me. I'm only speaking the truth. <laughs> I love my beloved Houston Rockets. Um, I, I bleed red, white, and black, just like the rest of you guys. I just, I'm just realistic. You know, if, that's all. If-
0: Every Houston Rockets uh, fan and supporter was like Cody. Uh, they'd be, they it'd be a wonderful bunch. They'd all be a wonderful bunch from top to bottom because he is the uh, cream of the crop. He is a top-notch guy. Absolutely.
2: And when, and when you're realistic like this. When you lose it, don't hurt that much. <laughs> it really don't, and I learned that from the T Mac and Yao Mimi era. Ooh, And uh, uh,
0: hey, they got to the, uh, they got to the Western Conference Finals, right? One of those years. No, no, no. Oh no. no, that was the 0-9. They played them in the 70s. That was when they had Ron Artest.
2: Yes. Yeah, and T Mac and Yao was out. Oh yeah, that and it and it was that playoff season there. No, I think that back. it was when we lost against Utah, Game Seven, two thousand seven. Oh, oh, yeah! Oh, as a Rockets shit. fan and as a sports fan, that is the one game that I have yet to get over. Because we was up by seven with three minutes left, and we still lost. That's why I always say, "It don't matter who put on that jersey; they will always find a way to lose." If you accept City. that in your heart, you will be okay. But, you know, and if they
0: did pull that off, if they did beat Utah in that game in 2007, you know who they would have had to uh, face off against. The We Believe Warriors. (laughs) We would have beat y'all. We would have beat you No, no. No, get out of here. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, we would have. Get out of here. Uh, I don't know. We had no big man.
1: We had no big man. I'm sorry. We got destroyed.
0: (laughs) Uh, I don't know about we had wait a minute. Wait a minute. We had Andres Beadrin's.
1: What did Carlos Boozer do to that man? Put him in a body bag. Carlos (laughs) Boozer. Yeah. Um I want to say that at the same time, Cody is saying that he's being a realistic Rockets fan. He also had the Rockets as the number two seed in the West. So, hey, um, there's always a dreamer in all of us. And uh, my dream for all our listeners is to keep on rooting for your teams and we'll catch you as the season goes along. Uh, take care and uh, stay gold-blooded. Take care.